you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome to another episode of Tapeheads. Bob Shusen here with Dan Orlovsky. You see him all the time at the touchscreen on Get Up on ESPN, SportsCenter, NFL Live, and also my partner on college football, Scott Pioli, of course, longtime general manager in the National Football League. And on this podcast, again, we try to crawl behind the X's and O's and give you what the guys see when they watch the tape. And it is amazing how often we talk about NFL football games coming down to a handful of plays. Well, Packers-Ravens, Again for the Ravens in one of these huge spots. Arguably came down to one play. Here are the Ravens. Slot left. Andrews wide right. Motion from a tight end to the wing of the left side. Huntley in the shotgun. Latavius Murray to his right. Snap to Huntley. Rolls right. Throws right side of the end zone. And it's incomplete. Incomplete. Right corner of the end zone in front of the pylon. And incomplete. The Packers are going to hang on and win this game. Another tough loss for Baltimore where John Harbaugh decides to go for two for the win at the end. And guys, let's start at least with that coaching decision. I know a lot of people wanted with momentum to play for overtime. Dan, you took the stance, and I agree with it, that I have no problem with the decision that Coach Harbaugh made, again, to take a quarterback that was rolling and an offense that probably felt real good about themselves in a game where I can't imagine anyone was going to give them a big chance to win in the first place, put it at the two-yard line, and let them try to go make a play. That's what he did, and his team supported him. Yeah, I just think Coach Harbaugh, I also love the fact that he goes into detailed explanation Mm -hmm. of why. Now, uh, let's get into this a little bit. So first of all, should they have gone for two when they were down eight initially? That would be the analytics With five minutes to go. Correct, because then if you get that two-point conversion successfully, and you score another touchdown, the extra point wins the football game for you. If you don't get that two-point conversion and you score a touchdown, you still have the chance to go for two in that moment and at least tie the game. The reason why I agree with Coach Harbaugh is, number one, if you kick the extra point, three things can really happen. One, you tie the game, you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with 43 seconds left, he goes down, kicks a game-winning field goal, game over. Number two, you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. You kick the extra point. You give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. You get a stop. 
You go into overtime. They win the coin toss. You have to get a stop. Number three, you kick the extra point. You get a stop of Aaron Rodgers. You go into overtime, and either they get the ball and you get a stop, or you win the coin toss, go down and score a touchdown, game over. I have to get to my third option before I ever can win that football game, which I have no business winning with all the injuries that they had to deal with and being down multiple scores in the fourth quarter. Where if you go for two in that situation, you are either going to give the ball back with 43 seconds left and he will go and kick a game-winning field goal, or you were going to win the football game. So that's why I I think that was the right decision in the moment. Now, the play call. I don't hate the play call. I know people have said that they've hated it. Mark Andrews by himself, sprint right, you cut the field in half. This is is my uh, my thought process on it. Um, As a quarterback, when you get down there into that tight world where it's on the two-yard line, so if you play the drop-back pass game, which is everyone's like, I wanted him to play in the drop-back game. He's killing him in the drop-back game. All right, so number one, Green Bay can all-out pressure me. Baltimore has not had an answer for all-out blitz since 2018. So especially for a quarterback who hasn't seen it down there, it happens so quickly, that, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't love that. Number two, you get crazy kinds of coverages down there in that world. You can combo this guy, combo that guy, double this guy, double that guy, where I think they just said Mark Andrews, who had not been covered all game, we're going to give him the chance. And we're going to think that I think if Huntley makes a better throw, the game's over, you know, to the front pylon. And the last thing I would say is this. And, Bob, you know this because we did the Penn State-Illinois game. It is very, very hard as a play caller to call a play that has to get three yards but cannot get 12. That, that is a very small window of plays that you can design that has to get three but can't get 12. And we – and all 11 cats know that on defense. So – I agree with the decision. I don't hate the play call. Do I think it's the greatest one I've seen? No, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I, you know, so I'm going to start in reverse where where Dan was because when it comes to the play call, Dan's more qualified than me, and the coaches on the Ravens staff are more qualified. I don't have a problem with the play. I understand what they were doing because I'm a firm believer in critical situations. Think of players, not plays. They went to the guy that was their most dependable player on the field. It didn't work out. So, again, but I'll leave the play calling to, to, to people who are better at it than me. I want to go to the decision. I'm absolutely fine with the decision because, to me, here's what it comes down to. And this has become about this it, it, analytics. And pe- it, it, this analytics thing is so polarizing. And what we lose in the context of analytics, because I'm a, I respect analytics and I believe in analytics, I also believe that this decision really didn't have anything to do with the analytics as much as it had to do with the context and circumstance. And and I want to repeat that again, because to me, that's what this decision making comes down to. Because when we talk about going forward on fourth down, when we talk about uh, a two point play, you have to pay attention to the analytics, pay attention to the numbers, but understand the exact circumstance and the context of the game. Now, two weeks ago, John Harbaugh talked about the issues in his secondary, and when he went, went for it, he didn't think that his off or his defense could control and take care of the Steelers' offense. He was concerned. Now, let's go back to the context of this decision in this game. In the second half, the Packers had four drives. The first one took it 68 yards, touchdown. The second drive, 88 yards, touchdown. Third drive, 
They only they only get 18 yards and they get a field goal. The next time they force the Packers to punt. Right. They went into that game without Marlon Humphrey and without Marcus Peters. That's a problem. Then a couple of days prior to the game, they lose Chris Westry and they lose Jimmy Smith, and they're going to try to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So to me, again, you look at the context, you look at the circumstances, the situation, he knows what ha- they got. The- Aaron Rodgers was moving the ball on him. Yep. And he knew if he gets into overtime, if they get the ball one time, just like happened in an overtime game earlier y- y- this week, y- if we get into that situation, they very well may drive, score, and we'll never have a chance. So to me, this was a smart coach making a smart decision, knowing the circumstances of his team. And again, I love the analytics, but I also think that both things were working in his favor. Not only, you know, again, but when you take the analytics, you have to put situation and circumstance, put it into context, folks. I I think that's so well said, Scott. I don't think it was an analytics decision. You know, I just think it was a, a football field decision, a a reality decision is, and I would encourage everybody there. There is the one minute kind of correspondence between him and the football team of, Hey guys, if we score here, do we want to go for two or do we want to kick the extra point? And they're having a great conversation, coach and player, man, listen, we could kick this extra point and we can go to overtime and we're all good. You know, and like, we got a chance and he's like, what do you guys want to do? Like, do we do in the players obviously are like, let's go for two coach. Let's go win the football game. And it wasn't like he was like, okay, let's go. Like they kept having a conversation. (laughs) I I think it's something that you cannot measure. And I said this years ago with Frank Reich, when they went on that run Indy, when they went for it on fourth down at midfield, I think it was three or four years ago. When a coach chooses to confirm to his football team that I believe in you guys, I do not care if they're eight years old or 28 years old, that has impact. And one of the reasons why Baltimore has had the success they have had outside of their talent is they got a heck of a football coach. And I think if they sat here today and said, would we do it again? I think they would say yes. Yeah, but the the analytics guys never take any of that into account. Like if you're the analytics Twitter patrol that kills a guy for, I I get it, but like there are a lot of guys with blue check marks next to their names on Twitter that say (laughs) there is a chart that says go for two at this point in a game, and that's all they look at. They look at score. They look at chart. They don't care what kind of a team you've got, what the momentum is like, what the feeling of the, whether you're home, whether you're away, what kind of a team you have. Like, look, I've been calling college football games for close to 30 years. I've done the Jets for 20 years. Uh, NFL games before that. So I don't know how many football games I've called in my life or watched in my life. I'm 50 years old. I've been watching football since the 70s. When I think back on any of the big, like, emotion-filled comebacks that teams have made, you mentioned There's Frank Reich. Chance. I mean, going back to Frank Reich and the Bills against the Oilers, right, in the playoffs 25 years ago, or however long ago that was, it is always a team riding a tidal wave of emotion. And the team on the other side, like what happened to the Falcons in the Super Bowl, right? There was a feeling really? when the Patriots got rolling. There was a feeling when the Patriots got rolling in that game of, oh, no. Like, we are powerless to stop this. There was never a moment in any of those big emotion-filled comebacks that a team has had that I can ever remember looking back and saying, 
You know, that analytics decision they made with seven minutes to go is why they were able to win the game. And I think what John Harbaugh was doing in that moment was, as you said, Dan, looking in the players' eyes, right? right, Feeling the emotion of the game, feeling that his team is rolling. I've got this quarterback that I don't know if I want to go head-to-head with Aaron Rodgers in overtime. I'd rather let this guy try and make a play from the two-yard line and finish off this emotion-filled comeback to me, that like that's a coaching decision. That that's a human being decision. That's when you are dealing with the guys on your team and knowing there's a human being under the helmet. We're in this situation, feeling the emotion of the building and making a decision based on that. And a lot of the great comebacks I've seen or called in my life, that's much right. more it's based on. Sure. What it's based on than than a guy looking at two, a two point chart with nine minutes to go, down nine and saying, Here's yeah. the spot to go it's for a two. Tool. It's a tool. The it's chart is of, just like, a like tool. Like Scott said, right? It's context. Correct. It's part Correct. of the decision-making process. It's not the end-all and be-all of the decision-making process. And that's why I respect it and understand it and want to yeah. understand it. And then yeah. you still have to make an adult situation based on, again, because all the things that you mentioned, Bob, but, but it, this needs to be, a, we need to do a whole segment on this in the off-season, just the whole idea <laughs> of, no, I'm serious because there's, there's this, people are so passionate in their positions on this, that one side, because again, I, I'm a football guy and I remember at times having these discussions and what happens is people don't know how to handle themselves when they have this disagreement because the football guys disrespect the analytics guys, the analytics guys disrespect the football guys. Everyone goes in order to win the argument, they go right to the point of being so disrespectful and, and and triggering the insecurity that the other has, the football people say, "Oh, you've never worn a jock strap, right?" And, and and that affects the analytics people. The analytics people say, "Oh, you're a dumb football guy," and it's this whole. It's like people don't know how to argue anymore, and people yeah. don't know how to. Yeah. Argue. And 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 I tell you, it was one of the greatest strengths of mine and Belichick's relationship was our ability to disagree when we saw things and talk things through. And yeah, there were times we, there was name calling, but there was so much trust within the relationship that it became like kidding name calling. And even when you got passionate about it, there was this underlying respect. Um, anyway, I'm digressing here. Let, let's put a pin in that one for the offseason, guys. Yeah, now I want to talk about it in the offseason. <laughs> You're right, and we definitely can. But um, I think talking about the fact that there's a pie chart, right? And every part of that pie chart has a worthy pie. sliver to talk about. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's the holiday season, and I'm a tubby <laughs> guy, so we can talk about pie whenever you want as well. All right, when we come back on tape heads, uh, the Packers, they clinched the playoff spot. That was a big story, but the team that they're kind of fighting it out for the one seed with, maybe the Cardinals? What is going on in Arizona? A loss to the Lions. That's something we're going to talk about when we come back. And also the Bills snapping their two-game losing streak against the Panthers. But they've got the Patriots this week. A game that could determine the outcome in the AFC East, ultimately. Two big teams we're going to talk about when we come back. Cardinals and Bills on tape it. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to Tapeheads. Bob Wachusen, Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli. All right, guys, a team that was rolling to start off the season. The last undefeated team, if I remember right, in the National Football League at one point was the Arizona Cardinals. Now they've stumbled, and of course, it's eye-opening if you lose to a team like the Lions. Uh, Dan, how concerned are you right now about this Cardinals team? they got to get their guys all back and be healthy, obviously. I mean, that's that's the the number one jumping-off point. When they've got all their weapons, they're a different team, but... What team is healthy at this point of the season, right? How big are the yeah. card concerns in Arizona? Yeah, they're legit. They're real. I, I don't think, you know, you mentioned getting their guys back and healthy. That's not happening. You right. know, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to come back, at least per reports, till potentially the NFC title game. JJ is obviously not coming back. Here's why the loss for DeAndre Hopkins matters so much. Number one, and I would have, again, not have said this six weeks ago, you should not blitz Kyler Murray six weeks ago absolutely gas him up right now no, two reasons the offensive line has started to play poorly crumble especially mm-hmm. on the interior and deandre hopkins was the guy that kyler trusted believed in uh, i gotta get the bottom of my hands i'm hot i'm warm this guy's not ble- and, and hop had such great feel for stuff specifically when he was on the inside that's why I'm so concerned about this loss to DeAndre Hopkins, and I feel like people have watered it down, and it's almost a disrespectful thing to DeAndre. I mean, DeAndre is, at wide receiver, I think there's probably four or five scheme changers. When I say that, I mean when defensive coaches sit down, the first question that week getting ready for the Cardinals is, what are we doing with DeAndre Hopkins? He changes everything on a play-by-play basis that defenses will do to them. So that's number one. The number two thing is, they don't really have a number one or a number two receiver on offense right now. You know, AJ Green was playing such a nice role because he was the number three option. Christian Kirk was playing such a nice role because he was their vertical speed option. Rondale Moore was playing such a nice role because he was the gadget guy. They don't have a one right now. And that's so hard to build an offense around when you don't have a guy that you, as a route runner, that you feel can win on a consistent basis because their offense is not a San Francisco, a Indianapolis, 
a Minnesota type of offense where, you know, they, the, the scheme is going to help cats get open. Their offense is let's spread you out, get you into space or go win on your route. And so that's why it's a huge concern of mine. And then defensively, I just think they can get the ball run on them with big people. And, and again, I think we're going to see that out of Indy this week. So yeah, I am, I am legit concerned about Arizona because of the loss of JJ and big time because of the loss of hop. Yeah, and the hop injury is the one that really concerns me because the way you describe and, and you both know how careful I am in terms of the my word choice of good, great, average, below average. He is a great slash elite player in the league. Right. You're right. People have to do things and they have to know where he's at on the field all the time. And he's a game changer. And with his absence, that creates a huge problem for their offense. I go back to the beginning of the year and then even watching this unfold. And for some reason, to me, they've been one of the most surprising teams this season. Because I did not go into the season thinking they were going to be this much on the radar and be this good. And Bob, you mentioned earlier, they, they were the last team to lose a game. They were undefeated longer than anybody. And I was scratching my head because I looked at the roster I looked at the way they were playing, and it was it was good. It wasn't great. What they were making so many things happen situationally and in perfect timing and situations. And the way that Kyler was playing, he was the difference. Hop was the difference. And and I, I still said I was saying to myself, if either one of these players have an issue or get injured, it's going to be a real problem for this team. And to me. Um, I'm concerned about them heading down the stretch. Dan, you talk about their running game and how good their running game can or can't be. You know, if they've got to start playing some playoff games in some in some places and spaces where the weather's whether it's you know going to Green Bay or having to go other places in the NFC where the weather isn't as you know friendly to the offense, it may become a real problem for them. Yeah, yeah. I want to switch to the Bills now. This game with the Patriots this week. I mean, this really, like, this is it. If not now, when for Buffalo? Because if they win this division, they will be heavily favored, I think, to then win. Or if they win this game, I should say, they should be then heavily favored to win the division because they would have a lead in the divisional record. They would have split head-to-head with the Patriots. Each team would have one divisional game left. New England would have to go to Miami. The Jets wrap up the season at Buffalo. So there's your last divisional game for the Bills. They win this game. They, I think, are going to win the AFC East. That was as the quote-unquote Super Bowl favorite, if not Kansas City in the AFC, where we expected them to be at the beginning of the year. Maybe a little bit more of a rocky road than we expected them to have to get here, but it's right there in front of Buffalo. Dan, what has to happen this Sunday for the Bills to make this happen? Yeah, I mean, obviously not get 40-mile-an-hour, 50-mile-an-hour consistent win. Right. That's going to be a <laughs> That's thing. not the forecast for them. Good yeah. good for them. So <laughs> I think Buffalo is so Jekyll and Hyde offensively. It's really tough. I, I would say this. Again, I, like we're in the week 15 or 16 of the NFL season. I don't want to come on here and, on this podcast and tell people what teams are good at. That's lazy. I want to tell people the things like, hey, this is, this is concerning. You know, this is, this is what to pay attention to in this game. I think that offensively, the right side of their offensive line, Bill is going to attack it. Uh, they're, they're, the right side of their offensive line has really started to struggle in protection. And I don't believe, and I love Brian Dable, I don't believe he does a ton to mask that and a ton to help that. 
And that is candidly disappointing. So they ask a lot of Josh in their drop back passing game. Two things that I think that they should do more of, and they sh- against New England, I would do a ton of. I would spread New England out. I would spread New England out and try to get a spread run game going. You can't go to New England and chuck and duck 50 times and think that this is going to work out well. So spread run game, meaning I wouldn't have my tight end attached to the line of scrimmage often to next to my tackles. I tried to spread them out and make them play in space a little bit like San Francisco did last year and see with some formation and some motion if I can just crease them a little bit in the run game. And can I ask a question? Yeah. In that spread run game, would you guys have much more of a designed run presence for Josh Allen himself? Situationally. He didn't run it a lot in that game up in Buffalo, and he probably could have helped them if he did. Bobby, I would say situation. I think it's a good question. My, you always, I know he's a big monster of a human, Yep. but you, he's taking a lot of hits right now as well because of the poor yeah. protection. So it's... You know, situationally, third and short, second and short to get my rhythm going, red zone, yes. Um, And then, honestly, I think they should use bootleg way more in their offense with him. I think it's a good thing for them, both with their skill position guys on the outside running away from coverage. I think him on the perimeter just being active helps their offense. I don't think they do that enough. I think it protects him a little bit. Now, he's got to do his responsibility of making sure he's not taking shots, but those would be two things that I would look for Buffalo to do more moving forward, specifically starting this weekend. Yeah, you know, you talk about protection, and you just mentioned something. There's different ways to protect your quarterback, right? And if you have an offensive line that's struggling or people, or as you mentioned, a side of the offensive line that's struggling right now, you do things to help the protection. Again, I was around some really, really smart football people that I learned offense from by watching them and listening to them. And they did things like, you know, with with the tight end. They did things with the chip. They did things with moving the pocket. You mentioned bootleg. You've got a quarterback who has an extraordinarily strong arm and good accuracy. He doesn't have rare accuracy, but to get him moving and throwing on the move is something that Josh Allen can do. Get him doing it. Go with some of the screens. Go with draws. Go with smart football. You know, Brian Dayball learned the screen game under Charlie Weiss, who learned it under Ron Earhart and Dan Henning, some of the best not only play callers in terms of knowing when to run the screen, but executing the screen and the detail of the screen because it takes a lot of work. Those are ways that you can additionally protect your quarterback and improve your passing game by doing things that are not necessarily just about adding a man to protection. So this is going to be a really interesting game. I think one of the things that the Bills are going to, if the Bills want to succeed, part of what they're going to have to do is play with emotion, but harness some of that emotion and not let some of what just happened a couple of weeks ago leak into their psyche too much because that can become problematic. Because knowing Bill, <laughs> Bill's looking at this game right now saying, okay, if this gets emotional and this becomes a fist fight, we know we can sure. do that. If we have to play thoughtful football, we know that we can do that. Because the Patriots have this incredible balance. And it was one of the things that, again, working with Bill and both Belichick and Parcells and watching them, some teams talk about this all gas, no breaks and being physical. And and you don't need to be thoughtless when you're going 
that hard. It doesn't need to be all gas, no brakes, and not necessarily be thoughtful because being aggressive and being thoughtful, those things, uh, you can do them both at the same time. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. And to me, that has been one of the, that is one of the keys coming up to this game because it's going to be extremely emotional. Well, there were some emotions on Monday night. We saw a Vikings win that kept them alive. The Browns also faced a big-time opponent, and they have a bigger opponent this week than the Raiders. They're going to get their quarterback back. That's obviously a question. It's almost time for the playoffs. We're going to talk about that when we get back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back as we wrap up this week on Tape Heads. Final segment with Bob Shoes and Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli. And guys, with this wacky COVID situation that we are still dealing with in the National Football League, it has crept back into the league. It forced a bunch of delayed starts. And we had a couple of games on Monday. We had Tuesday games. And those Monday games were those games that kind of put the final stake in the heart of a couple of teams. And I wonder, Raiders, Browns, are we now looking at that as, you know, the, a litmus test game for both of those teams where the Raiders still alive? Would you count the Browns out? Where, where do you sit on both of those teams, Dan? I think both of them are out. Okay. I don't trust the Raiders. The fact that they have to get hit a game-winning – listen, winning is winning. That's great. But game-winning field goal, um, and it's really because of a poor execution aspect defensively by Cleveland at the end of the game. I don't trust the Raiders. Uh, I, I think they're out in Cleveland. Was it, I don't want to say fair. That's not, you know, was it um, ideal circumstances to have to play that game the way it was in a must-win situation? No, but I think the the reality was they had multiple games before the season to play better football, and they did not. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that that game kind of, because here's the thing, Cincinnati controls its own destiny. So while you're going to need help, Cleveland, and you're going to have to play better football, and I just think that there's better teams in the AFC significantly uh, than both of them for those final, you know, really five, six, seven spots. And I'm right where Dan is. I think both are out uh, at this point in time. And I, I think the, the word, I think you even said it, 
the wild inconsistency of both teams over the course of the season and currently is is just too much. Now, they may luck into it. Um, you, you know, the Browns, uh, I'm not sure the Raiders will, but I think that the Browns have a chance to, to luck into it. But still, if they make it, um, because we, you know, we just keep wanting more teams in the playoffs. I, I just think it's going to be uh, a little bit more difficult. They haven't done enough. Both teams have been inconsistent over the course of the season. Dan, you mentioned this, you know, this past weekend and the situation they were put in. Really, the league did them a favor by giving them an extra couple of days here, sure. and it still didn't. And to me, again, another conversation for another time, but the the inconsistency of how we said we're going to police that as a league and what we're going to do and how we're going to make decisions on COVID um, actually worked in the benefit you know, of the Browns and against the Raiders. And when you're a team that's traveling and what they had to go through in terms of their thought process and being able to concentrate on and focus on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all of the logistics, all of the nonsense, all of the uncertainty made it a really tough road trip for the Raiders. And, um, I'm not saying that's an excuse for them, but this, the circumstance was not fair for either team. And you know what? As a wise coach used to say one time, you know, life ain't fair. Fair is a place where they go and judge the pigs. So it ain't fair. <laughs> the NFL ain't fair. And uh, that's just the way it is. But I, I see it really difficult for either team trying to get back in. I'm starting to realize at the end of this podcast, we're going to have to get like a whole bunch of Scott Pioli sayings and get them all crocheted on pillows and give them out as holiday gifts because that's <laughs> that's about as good as it gets. All right. right? Isn't that what a fair is? You go judge that's the pig? It. You do pie-eating contests? The fair is where I mean, you go to judge fair. the pigs. I'm going to put that on my living room couch. Um, you know, it, it's it. I guess in a way, shows how unfair it was to Cleveland as well because based, it seemed, on the outcome for their testing, as much as any team in the NFL, the league changed going forward. Now how they're going to test, they're only going to test symptomatic players. So as I understand it, a lot of those Cleveland guys would have never been out of the lineup to begin with, much less not out of the lineup still on Monday if they were only testing symptomatic players but it does seem, I think, a step in the right direction for the league. Maybe society will follow as a whole. That that maybe the way they've changed their thought process dealing with the virus going forward. Yes, Bob, but there would have been other games, other weeks earlier in the yes. season if the rule was different that other teams would have different no circumstances. Doubt. So it, everyone's losing here or everyone's winning, either way you look at it. Final team I want to touch on before we say goodbye for this edition of Tapeheads, the Vikings. If the playoffs began tomorrow... I think they'd have the last wild card spot in the NFC, but their next two games are home Rams at Packers. So, look, Kirk Cousins was supposed to be the 30-some-odd million-dollar quarterback that was brought there to finally get a team that might be a quarterback away from realizing their potential and being a real good football team and being a playoff team. Are we going to be sitting here next week or the week after again talking about a Vikings team that falls just short of making the playoffs? Uh, We might be, but I don't think it'll be because of Kirk. Um, I I think it'll be because of their run defense. You know, if I was a team, I would run split flow at Minnesota, you know, meaning I'd start a guy on one side of the line of scrimmage and bring him across the line of scrimmage and run the ball at them relatively well. I think you could throw it on them as well on the perimeter. I think their corners are okay, uh, but not good enough. I really just thought Chicago's defense played really well, and I thought it was a credit to them. Not having Thielen certainly mattered. 
Um, but I thought Chicago's defense with their kind of backups played really, really good football. So I want to credit them. But I think Kirk, again, is a guy that's having another very good season. Uh, their balance on offense is spectacular. Hopefully for them, Thielen comes back. I think Justin Jefferson is one of the best route runners in the league right now. So I just think if, if Minnesota is going to kind of fall on its face where they're right in the mix, or if not get in, I don't think it's going to be because Kirk Cousins kind of choked, so to speak, which is the notorious story about him. I think it's going to be because, man, they, they, they faced a team that could run the football on them and schematically did it the right way. Yeah, what I love about these next two weeks, Bob, as you say, the Rams and the Packers, well, you know, it's playoff season. Here we go. The playoffs start now. You you want to be the best or have a shot at being the best, you got to beat some of the best. And some of the best are the Rams and the Packers. So so let's go. And, you know, talking about the Vikings, again, with Kirk Cousins, good season. I, again, I've always seen him as I don't like the fact that he's a punching bag because he's not a bad football player. I also think that he's an above average player that has good games. And some of his best games are when he has Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook at his disposal. And that makes him, you know, again, above average good sometimes. And and I don't like that he's a punching bag because it's not fair because he's not a bad quarterback. He doesn't blow games. But I also think, again, there, there there's a ceiling on his performance or a consistency in his performance that is based on having the right people yeah. around him. Well, we would always want you to rate, subscribe, hit us up on social media, tell your friends. Down the stretch we come in the National Football League as we are talking playoffs and there will be a lot to talk about after we get done with the games this weekend. Because coming up, we've got Colts-Cardinals, Ravens-Bengals, Rams-Vikings, Bills-Patriots. It's a lot on the line in all of those games. And we will be back on Tuesday and talk through all of it. Hope that you will join us then. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.